Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello everyone. Welcome back and happy new year to those of you who are celebrating the new year. 2024. Um, it's wonderful to start the year with you, wonderful to start the, the year with God and to know who he is and what he has for us. I believe it's going to be a year of good things if we we will take hold of the promises of God and just actively um, pursue them, actively pursue who he is and just be part of his plan for our generation at this time. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to enjoy sharing with you. And uh, you might be surprised that it's going to be part of the Christmas message or the traditional Christmas message, but that you're going to see wonderful truths that I believe will encourage you and help you in the year that lies ahead. If you'll take hold of them, um, it will definitely produce life in your year. So let's start with prayer. As always, grab your Bible, grab a pen, a paper, and uh, maybe some water or coffee or tea, wherever you are, and whatever you enjoy. Let's pray and begin. <clears throat> so Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness and kindness. I want to thank you for that. Your kindness is a great thing, and um, we just want to thank you for it. Father, I want to thank you for... The word today and as we get, get into it that we will experience who you are through the word. We will experience what you do through the word and that we will be able to see how kind you are through the word. How good you are and how, how much we are loved by you. It's so important. Thank you for establishing us on righteousness and therefore as we get into the word, we know that we can receive from it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, wonderful. So I want to start this morning by saying something a bit radical or today by starting with something radical, which is the reality and the truth that there is nothing special about 2024. It's just a number. It's a number. Last year was 2023. This year is 2024. There's no magic power that will make a difference from last year. For sure, things will happen. Good things and bad things. Things we expected, things we didn't expect. It, it doesn't lie within the year how the year will be. Remember that God has not decided that there is some magic formula for this year. And um, this year is the year he will pour out his glory. This year is the year he will pour out his favor. That is not how God works. God is always constant. Okay. Remember, God moves outside of time. He is eternal. So this is not a new year to him as it is to us. This is just another day. So then what will make this your best year ever? Well, there are several things, and we're going to look at some of these things. But most importantly, it is the realization that there's nothing special about the, the time changing, that number changing on the 1st of January 2024. Nothing special about that. What is special about it is that God is still with us. And that if we will take hold and say, okay, what was it last year that I don't want to carry into this year? Or what was it that I do want to carry into this year? What was the things, what is God busy with right now and where can I be part of that? That will change your year. 
laying things down, picking things up and running with God in a revelation of your relationship with him, towards him and towards others. Now that is going to definitely have an impact on your year. And so we're going to keep it super simple today, as always. Uh, we're going to go into the scriptures, take it very slowly. And, and for this uh, teaching, actually, I'm focusing only on one part of the scriptures. Although the truths I'll be sharing with you, you will be able to get that from many other scriptures. But I would like the word to go as deep as possible so that you could hold on to it for the rest of the year and to even investigate it for yourself. And so let's go to Matthew 2. This is the visit of the Magi or the wise men, uh, some say the kings, when G after Jesus is born. Let's read there from uh, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has happened, or this is what has been written by the prophets, sorry. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way. And the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So right now you might be thinking, did I skip something? I thought this is a New Year message, not a Christmas message. It is. Don't worry. Relax. We're going to look at it slowly. Okay. So we know, first of all, that this is a direct fulfillment of scripture. Although Mary might have been surprised by the visit of the um, wise men or Magi, you will um, not be surprised to see that this is in scripture and it is prophesied um, that this would happen. We go to Isaiah 18 verse 7 and there it reads, At that time a gift of homage will be brought to the Lord of hosts from a people tall and smooth, even from a people feared far and wide, a powerful and oppressive nation, whose land the rivers divide to the place of the name of the Lord of hosts, even Mount Zion. In Psalms 72 verse 10 to 11 we read, Let the kings of Tarshish and of the islands bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba offer gifts. And let all kings bow down before him. All nations serve him. And again in Isaiah 60 verse 3 and verse 6. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. A multitude of camels will cover you. The young camels of Midian and Epoch. All those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bear good news of the praises of the Lord. You see, these men and this visit was fulfilling scripture. And scripture by scripture, I mean Genesis to Malachi. 
So this was a fulfillment and that should already give us great um, joy because it means God is faithful to keep his word. He's faithful to keep his promises. <clears throat> now, these men could have come from Persia, from Babylon, from Saudi Arabia. There's lots, if you go and look at it, there's lots of articles. I'm definitely not going to put my head on exactly which country they come from. There's a lot of good points being made. But what we know for sure is that they came from far. Okay, There's some people who say could have taken a 12-day journey, some three months, some two years. But what we know for sure is it was a far journey. Um, and also... I would be surprised if it is, for me personally, I would be surprised if it's as short as 12 days, just because of the reality that when King Herod decides to kill the children, he kills everyone under the age of two. And what we just read there is he heard from them when the star first appeared. So why would he go to that extreme if it was just 12 days? So I believe it was quite a long journey. Um, but the point is, it definitely was that they came from the east. So they are not Jews. They are Gentiles who are coming to seek the king of the Jews. This would not have been an easy road or an easy undertaking, something that's comfortable. It would have been dangerous. These are kings or wise men who left behind what they knew to go and find the king of the Jews. What we also need to know is that although these are Magi or wise men, these are not like mere magicians you would find in some marketplace doing tricks. These would be astrologers, people who are very wise, most probably either kings themselves in their countries or considered wise counselors to kings. These would be very, very rich people, uh, rich men with high status and would definitely be people who are sought after by kings, by royal families. These are people who would be considered those who have like uh, supernatural powers um, to interpret dreams, to do, yes, some magic as well. But definitely these specific ones was what we would most probably call today astrologists. And so they have extreme wisdom. And with that, I introduced the title um, for the year is that wise men still seek Jesus. And it's such a cliche, but it's so true. Wisdom, according to God and the scriptures, is to seek Jesus. And if we will really let that seek into our lives, my life, your life, it will change everything. Because God's kind of wisdom many times does not look what our wisdom looks like. So these men who would be sought after by kings are now, they are packing up their lives and everything they know on a, a journey they don't know how long it will take, a journey that definitely is uncomfortable and definitely dangerous to leave behind what they knew, to go to that which they do not know, to seek the king of the Jews, okay? <clears throat> they went to where kings should have been, but the king was not there. So if you're looking for a king, of course you're going to go to the palace. That's why they went to Herod. They go to Jerusalem, go to the palace. This is where a king would be born. But he's not found there. In fact, they don't even know where he is. But they do find out, okay, that he is in an unexpected place. And then they continue seeking the star. And when they saw the star, again, they rejoiced greatly, knowing that they were on the right track. Okay, they brought gifts that was fit for a king, but definitely not fit for a child. Have you ever bought anything for a friend or for your own child and it has those age restrictions? So this is appropriate for age plus three or three plus. 
Um, this is appropriate for age six plus. Um, because why? There's maybe a lot of dangerous things in there that small kids can't deal with. Well, here comes three kings bringing most probably a two-year-old or, or an infant child. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. I hope there was a warning on the frankincense and myrrh. Do not eat, you know. And yet they brought these gifts. They were Gentile men who were written into God's story because of what they did. Now, how can we take this and apply this to our own lives in the year that lies ahead? This story, which has been overtold to the degree that we might start classifying it with Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as part of a Christmas story that's just a story to entertain people. We definitely need to start by getting that out of that realm. We need to get our Christian faith and that which we have become familiar with out of the realm of fairy tale. It's just a story to entertain me. It's not. It is the truth. And there is historical evidence to back up the word of God and prove over and over again, if we will believe it by faith, that it is true and it is accurate. And so this is the truth. This really happened. It happened many years ago, but it did happen. And so with that, it challenges us, what will we do with the truth that we know or that's been made known to us? And so let's go to these things, these points I've brought up, and let's pull it all together to see what God has to say for us here in this year and every day. Let's see. So first of all, the very first truth I want you to take for this year is wise men seek Jesus. Will you? In a time where we live in today, where many people will say you are a fool to seek Jesus, where even your own family might be saying you're an idiot to want to do what God has called you to do. Why don't you find a career? Why don't you do something else? In a world that says that only the wise accomplish anything, um, that building businesses and things outside of God's scope, that is the focus of your life. God is telling us here, no, those who were wise sought Jesus. You know, they didn't start seeking the king of the Jews when that star appeared. And if they were astrologists, I promise you today that the picture we have in our minds of this bright star appearing and leading them that everyone could see that star is most probably inaccurate. They would have been astrologists who understood how to interpret and read the stars. And they and they alone would have most probably the ones to see this. Because these are not untrained or unskilled men. They understood some things. They understood the world. They understood worldly wisdom. And yet with all of that, all of that going on, being kings themselves possibly, or even at least advisors to kings, they were not concerned about just everything. When they saw that star, they realized this is the star the king of the Jews is born and they were willing to pack it all up and go. They were willing to do whatever it took to find him. Today, the question this year is whatever we're building and whatever it looks like, are we seeking Jesus? Are we seeking him or are we seeking tradition of men? Are we seeking him or are we seeking that which would make it more comfortable in our lives? You see, I said this on Sunday as well, but the truth is that our wisdom is not what keeps us from receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior or making him Lord and Savior every day. It is our pride that stops us, but not our wisdom, because true wisdom will always bend its knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. All wisdom is found in him 
And scripture backs this up over and over and over, and the New Testament as well. So this is the first question, and I love that question because it simplifies your life. Will I seek Jesus? Yes, I will. And this that leads us to the next thing to take from this is, when they sought him, they sought him based on that which they knew, and that was not everything, but it was enough. Once again, they sought him based on what they knew, and that was not everything, but it was enough. When they left and when they took on this journey, they didn't know everything, how everything's going to go. But they understood that the king of the Jews would be born and they understood that definitely it would be in the promised land. And therefore they went to Jerusalem, but they didn't know exactly where. But it was enough to get them going. It was enough to get them on the road. It was enough to get them to the palace. And so to, in this year, I, I want to encourage you, you don't need to wait to understand everything. We don't need to wait and say, once I know all of it, now I will believe. Once I've studied it enough, once I've evaluated enough, once I understand how the outcome of my decision will be that the Lord's calling me to, oh, you don't need that dear believer. Oh, beloved child of God, that's not how God works. How he does work is he will lead you. And as you step out, he will continue to lead you. Just as the star appeared again and that star brought them great joy, they were like, yes, we are right. <laughs> this is it. God will also lead you. He is kind. And this is really something God has spoken to my own heart, that God is kind and that our call is also to return that kindness with kindness, which sometimes can be challenging. But there's kindness in God and it would be kind of him to lead us knowing that we need that. And so we can be led from within as that star led them outside. So today when you're a believer, you can be led from within and the Lord by his spirit can lead you. But you don't need to know everything from the moment you start. And sometimes it's better not to know everything because you might just not say no to the journey. So I want to encourage you just as Noah in Genesis 6, when he God tells him everything he's about to do, and the words, uh, that whole chapter, it finishes with Noah simply saying, or the scripture simply saying, and Noah did all that God had called him to do, asked him to do. You know, let's do that. Let's be people this year who, when the Lord says do this, we do it. We don't ask too many questions. We don't over-evaluate. And we do not expect to know everything from the start. But we are willing to say, I will go. With what I know, it is enough. And I trust the Lord will lead the rest. Then the third point, when they finally get to where they need to be, it's not as they expected it to be, yet they still chose to worship him as Lord and as King. Okay, that is incredible. There will be times we will follow the Lord and we will end up somewhere we didn't expect to be. Things might not this year look the way we thought it was going to look. But the question is, did I seek him? Did I follow him? Did I learn to obey him? Did I, with my heart, enjoy Jesus? Did I grow in my friendship with him? Did I lead others on this road with me? Did I seek his way of bringing people into the kingdom? And did it look different and unexpected than what I thought? That is okay. As long as we are still able to do what these wise men did, to still worship him as Lord. There is a beautiful child's bi children Bible called, um, now I have to remember quickly, but it's a beautiful Bible and uh, it's a, it's 
from Sally, and I'm going to forget her name as well, uh, the Jesus Bible, the Jesus Storybook Bible, the Jesus Storybook Bible. And when she explains this, I love what she does. She goes and she says, the wise men go to the palace where there's red carpets and there's trumpets and lights, and yet the king is not there. And then they go down the road, down a valley, into a small um, city, into a small town. In the corner of the town, there's a little house with no red carpets, no trumpets. None of it looked glamorous. And yet they were exceedingly joyful because they had accomplished what they set out to accomplish. And that was seeking Jesus. And I want to encourage you with this. Added to this. Yes, in this year, things might not look the way you thought they were going to look, but always acknowledge that Jesus is Lord because he led you. And first of all, um, that's first of all. And second of all, God is many times not found in the glamorous and in the red lights and in the big red carpet. God is found in the simple things, the act, the simple act of loving each other, which can be very difficult at times. The simple act of going to church regularly and enjoying church and enjoying the people around us. The simple act of being kind to one another, of leading people, of loving people. It is so incredible that God is found in those things. He is also found in the supernatural and in the signs and the miracles and the wonders. Oh, praise God for that. But he is also found in the daily commitment to be faithful to him, to be kind, to be loving, to be caring to one another. And that is wonderful. So remember that. So it last two points as we wrap this up. The gifts they brought were definitely not the kind of gifts to be given to a child, yet they saw past the natural, believing in that which was promised about this child. That is incredible. Those gifts were fit for a king. They didn't go to that baby and go, what is this two-year-old going to do with these gifts? They acknowledge that he is Lord, he is king. And that made them open those gifts. That made them give those gifts. There might have been many reasons along the way to give up on that and maybe use the gifts to something else, yet they did not. And when they found him and they saw him, they saw him not as a child, but they saw him as a king. Now, this has two applications for me personally this year as well. Will we see beyond the natural this year and look into the heart of God and say, help me to see this person I'm working with, this person I have a family member, this is, it was a family member of mine, this person who I love, this person who I care for, and this person who I don't. Help me to see God in them. Help me to see them the way God sees them. Because that changes everyone. Because in 2 Corinthians 5 or 16, it says, Therefore, we now, from now on, we consider no one according to the flesh, even though we knew God, Jesus, sorry, we know Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. We are challenged, secondly, to look at Christ the Lord and no longer consider him according to the flesh. He is our friend, but he is also Lord. He is the one who speaks to us about everything. And yet he is also God of the harvest. He has a plan and a purpose. And if we can see him for who he really is and pray, Father, give me a revelation of you as Lord, as God, as the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and was and is to come, the one who is above all things, who is both loving and kind and also righteous and holy. 
if we can see him like that, that would transform everything about our relationship with him. Because there are many things, people, happening out there, labeled Christian and, and godly, that simply is not. Because we are bringing God down to the level of just a friend, and we are not making him who he really is, Lord and God, as well as friend and savior. And so I want to encourage you to seek him out like that. And as the wise men could see through this natural child and see that he is a king, so may we too do this in those people around us and call out the gifts of God, the calling of God, the purposes of God out of their lives as we seek to love them and cherish them and lead them or influence them. But also may we May we lovingly and compassionately go to our Lord and our Savior and say, Father, I want to see you for who you really are. Show me who God is. Um, so, yeah. And last point. I'm getting excited, so I need to calm myself down. That's why I said, so, yeah. <laughs> the last one. Oh, the last one I is my favorite. Those beautiful men who sought him, the result of seeking him, was that no other Gentile in the entire history of the world had ever until that point saw what they had saw, not just the promise of salvation, but the one who was to be salvation. They had seen what no Gentile had seen. They had touched what no Gentile up until that point had touched. The king, not just of the Jews, if they only knew, but the real king of the entire world the fulfillment of the scripture, that which history, what was the point of all history, Jesus, Lord and Savior. And with this act, this beautiful act of Gentiles coming in, they fulfill the scriptures and declare to us all that all are now included. Yes, the Jewish shepherds and also the, the wise men, the Gentiles, who was not even part of the story. And yet God has included them. And because of that simple act of obedience, they are written into God's history. And were they not obedient to that, they would not have been the men we read about today. They would have been wise men living in some century that we could have maybe read a book about, but they would not have been part of God's story. I want to encourage you with this today. Dear believer, wherever you are, whatever you're facing, I want you to know this for sure. That when we, in simple acts of obedience, no matter how much it costs, no matter what it might take, no matter how difficult the journey might be, I want to encourage you with this, knowing this one thing for sure. You are being written into God's story. And you might not be written into the world's story and the world's history of great men and women. But if you are being written into God's story as a great woman of God and a great man of God, what does it matter to be written into the world's story? So today in this year, may you meditate upon these truths and may you go and dig them out deeper and may you experience the true peace as I also seek in my life of knowing him personally as my Lord and Savior, not just on a mental truth way, but really in a heart revelation way where the scriptures are speaking life to me and through me life to others. And that it may be an encouragement for you and those who are around you to see as he transforms you, as his life lives out of you this year, and that you too may be considered wise as he gives you his wisdom and power to seek him and know him above all other things. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful truth. Thank you for who you are. 
and thank you that we can acknowledge you in this year as the I am God. Like you are present here right now. You are with us. You are among us. You keep us. You hold us. That you guide us, Father. I thank you, Father, that you are the one who is willing and able to lead us all the way through this year. And that we simply need to stay close to you. That's all. We just need to stay close to you. Watch what you do and do what you call us to. We thank you for this simple act of obedience that it is never simple in your eyes and it is never without a reward. We praise you, we worship you, we love you and we thank you for your love towards us. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.co And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.co